Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the Jayzo Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives, in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 127. Welcome. <laughs> The world of myth bits. So again, welcome to the world of myth. I would like to preface this episode with no, it is not the review just yet. You should have deciphered that from the title. Um, and we will get to the review for this month's issue of the World of Myth magazine, I promise. I am on a trajectory for a deadline, <laughs> and I'm I'm really pushing to to get it done. I have my bone marrow biopsy later this week, and so I really want to be sure, like uh, last month, where we're able to put 100% of our attention into the content and able to deliver a great review episode. So forgive us that we will be a little bit late this month, but it will be worth it. In addition, we are going to kind of go over the minutes from last month's board meeting. And bear with me, because the minutes, you know, they're very abbreviated. So (laughs) we need to make sense of them. So... The board meeting took place on March 14th of 2021, and present, we had David K. Montoya, Stephanie J. Barty, Walter G. Esselman, Mr. Joe Sparks, Kevin Adams, Alan Russo, Michael Duncan, and Christopher Harris. First and foremost, there was the treasurer's report, wherein learned about the money in, money out, all the balance, all the fun stuff. Uh, positive news, though, is that There is a profit from Walter G. Esselman's book. So we like to see that. So moving on to the website, an update on the website. The servers have officially been moved for the open contract challenge. I think we talked about that at some point, but now it is official. 
So here's the good meaty stuff. And the first bit of business regarding PCE slash scarefare. Uh, so California is reopening and PCE will be in October, the last weekend in October. And we are combining scarefare and PCE. Put out the feels already for horror themes and having a lot of connections in the horror field. Just recently, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you can't edit this out because I can't say this sentence without like, like, just <laughs> uh, <laughs> recently talking to <laughs> Tom Savini, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to die. Uh, he said, if the price is right, he will be there. And so I will, I will be his personal assistant for the day if that's what's needed. I just... I've been going on about this forever. I just need to meet Tom Savini. Um, anyway, so cast call for Nightmare and Friday the 13th. That is the game plan. Kill two birds with one stone. Alan is waiting for his contacts to get back to him. Gonna have rustling. Not sure if it will be called Expo Explosion. I think, I know I'm not a part of the board, but I think for Scarefare, there could be, like, a really good name. I don't know what it is. If I think of anything, I will put it out there. But, I mean, for a horror con, come on. Something very morbid, I'm sure, can come of it. Uh, Walter won a contract, and within that contract, he gets a ticket to PCE slash Scarefare to sell his book. So, congratulations, Walter. Next bit of news. Mythmart. Proposed that Mythmart remain closed for the time being, uh, and Kevin's proposed that it continue after further review. Dave will second that amendment. We will have all our products on Mythmart brought to the floor for a vote. Alan seconds. Kevin votes. Yay. Steph votes. Yay. Chris votes. Yay. Michael votes. Yay. Joe votes. Yay. Walter votes. Yay. It is passed. I wish we could have a gavel sound right here. Um, Dave is going to purchase an online store through Wix.com and we will hopefully have a full product line by June slash July. Don't want to get any crazy ideas, but think exclusives. Pretty exciting. Next bout of news. Art contest update. Kevin recounts ideas from last meeting. Not much more to add. Still working on the blueprint. Feedback from Chris. Prize, provide some monetary compensation. We all like that. Dave suggests giving a $100 gift prize or $100 prize as well as all the other stuff. Prizes would have to differ from the open contract challenge. Um, as an artist, again, I should put this into like a group message, but I'm just going to throw it in there. Uh, like look at, at, at either uh, Blix.com, Jerry's Artorama and, and gift cards. Seriously, like gift cards. Uh, <laughs> or Cheap Joe's Art. I love Cheap Joe's Art. Um, Noted. Yeah, seriously. So bring that to the board. Hey. <laughs> bring it to the runway, runway. Moving forward. Date change for Liberty's Run. Uh, and it was changed to the correct date. <laughs> Dave admit, admits to making a mistake. Going to drop before Scarefare. Walter will have both Super Horror Max and Liberty's Run. And to boast of myself, I did the tattoos on the cover of the book. Uh, no spoilers, though, for the cover, because it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee today. So, 
moving forward, the announcement, we've already made the announcement, but now it is is super official because it is on paper. The Jayzo Modcast producer, Joe Sparks, brought in as producer. There was no official vote due to the express need for a podcast producer. Formal vote was held. Joe is voted in. He has a new intro for the new podcast coming in and feels like we are going to have some upgraded transitions. Content is key, as long as we keep producing great content. And uh, I think that is our biggest goal, is to make sure that we are producing quality content that sounds professional, that uh, is is well-produced, and I know Joe is very adept at doing that. So congratulations, my darling, not to make it a romantic gesture, but congratulations. Thank you. An upgrade to Lupa's Bits and a rebirth, an upgrade to Grindhouse Sleaze. And Joe brought in brought on as a member of the board because he is the producer of the Jayzo Modcast Network. So he is not only just the producer, but he is a part of the board. And everybody voted yay because they knew if anybody voted nay, they'd have to answer to me. That's a lie. I genuinely wouldn't have done anything. All right, so moving forward, uh, Kevin suggests that we put a disclaimer that any content that is submitted is property of the website. This prevents us from having to go back and omit a contributor's content. Steph says that the author retains the rights. They have the right to remove their work from the site, but if removed, you cannot submit again. Dave says what we request is the permission to archive, and I think that's a very smart move. Uh, Steph suggests implied consent for us to use work in calendars anthologies with the implied knowledge that you will be compensated for your work. Last email, all board members with a copy of the new guidelines and each can contribute. Also, bio and photo must be put in separate documents. So this is obviously for the world of myth. And to talk about further this month in April, the fanfic contest update. Explain ideas to new members, keep it generic, legalities on fanfic are a very gray area. Um, outline is coming along, but needs to be fleshed out a bit more, so that will be discussed in the next meeting. And new business for this month. Dave discusses the exit of the previous uh, Open Contract Challenge General Director. This is not an adult play situation. The reality is he signed a contract, and he felt he could. if he felt he couldn't fulfill his duties, then he shouldn't have signed it. And so uh, that led to the uh, installation of Mr. Walter G. Esselman as the general director. And speaking of Walter, he discusses his ideas for the Open Contract Challenge, general comments, Kevin discusses his swag idea again, Dave announces the Walmart lady is now doing the intro to the podcasts, back to Scarefare, Scarefare official date is October 30th, 2021, PCE official date is February 12th, 2022. Different times for adults and kids. Different prices for the tickets. And that will take us to the meeting next, well, this month, but, but then it was next month, <laughs> which will have taken place on April 11th, right? Do you want your book published? I'm Walter G. Esselman, author of Super Horror Max and winner of last year's Open Contract Challenge. Now, 
Dark Myth Publications is having their third annual open contract challenge, and we're looking for novels, books of poetry, novellas, comic books, and more. This is your chance. The grand prize is seeing your book in print on Amazon, no less, just like mine was this past March. First things first, though, you need to send in your pitch by the end of April. Just go to opencontractchallenge.com, and it's under submissions in the top right. From there, independent judges will choose 10 to go to the next round. Take a chance. As the final judge, I'm dying to read your work. Because with speaking of Scarefair, you know, uh, and we're talking about Tom Savini, there's a little information on that. Um, so, I've done a bit of sculpting myself, you know, um... Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's he's a very um, talented sculptor. This is for people listening. This <laughs> this is for, and I will be your your five star Yelp reviewer, right. establishing that you are. This uh, is for you guys. You you are an established, not established, <clears throat> but you are a very talented sculptor, and no eighteen or two. Yeah, I know a couple things, but he's dabbled. All right, so when choosing clay, keep in mind the, your desired result. If you plan to keep the original or the master copy, as some wouldn't call it, uh, for multiple runs, um, then use a baking clay like Super Sculpey trademarked. Uh, <laughs> for more detail, but a one-shot deal, use the oil-based clay like NSP or Monster Clay. I've used both, and both have their properties of, of advancements and, and, you know... Um, uh, disadvantages. Can I can I jump in really quick? I want to tell just my little very ancient. So the reason like I'm so like pee my pants excited over meeting Tom Savini is because I it was long my dream to be a special effects artist, and um, you know that dream kind of faded and turned into something else. Point is, back when I was like eighteen, nineteen, um, that's all I did. Like I would just create fx you know and and even like my my closest friends that was that was what we did um in fact just uh, so many funny stories and i'm not going to get into all of them right now but i was still trying to figure things out and i had no like i didn't have the money i didn't have the knowledge this was me by myself on my own and i actually reverse sculpted I negatively sculpted a skull <laughs> into clay and I cast it in like I baked it and then I put I just piled latex in there powdered it in latex and I made like a skull prosthetic through reverse sculpting and there is a reason I never did it again because that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever done but because I didn't know what I was doing and then ultimately I started learning I I, I you know established more of an education and how to do what but uh yeah so special effects have long been like my biggest thing and and even though like it's not the career I went with Granted, if I had the opportunity to go to the Tom Savini School of Makeup Effects in Pittsburgh, I absolutely would. Like in a heartbeat. Like if, if we could move to Pittsburgh tomorrow and I could start, I would. Um, but. Right. Because some of the terminology that I use, you can actually just picked up on that show Face Off. Oh, that yeah. 
I think that's what really got kicked off right there. It's like, oh, they have this show face off. That's right. a good show, isn't it? Yeah. Remember, I mi- I love Glenn creative. on that thing, and he's like, that's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I think, uh, I think, like, I love creative reality TV. Yeah. I think that's why um, that one with the, the, the cupcakes, the, with the baking. Nailed it. Nailed it. I think that's that why one's a so, fun one. That's why it's so popular right now. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, doesn't, um, uh, Hofferman? Yeah, Nick Hofferman. Nick Hofferman. Yeah, he does. Um, it's it's like a crafting series, and I think it's I think it's Nick Offerman and I want to say Amy Poehler. Oh my gosh, I have not watched it. Nice. I started. I think we started watching it, and then like it was like, oh, well, we'll wait. Okay, <laughs> go on with your with your sculpt. Okay, so yeah, uh, so there is such a thing as air dry clay. I'm not a fan of air dry clay. Plus. It can create problems with silicone molding, which I'm going to describe here. Uh, also, it has tendencies to shrink and crack in areas you'd rather not repair or can't repair. I don't like it. So, moving on. <laughs> on that note, would be wise to point out that sulfur-based clays have issues with molding silicones. For this reason, I would stick with Super Sculpey or NSP trademark. I have used these two with no issues and when using silicone mold. Always experiment, but always research as I am relaying this purely from experience. Mm-hmm. I did not fact check. I am sorry. Well, and I also remember too, it's also keep in mind, if you are testing and stuff, this isn't like a cheap thing to really get involved in when you get into casting and all of that. Yeah. So do your research, you know, double check and see what's going to meet your needs. The... The sculpting part, though, if you use the sculpting clay to sculpt, it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah. So when you start talking about molding, yeah, that's then where you're, it gets. You're getting really, really technical because, um, you know, the the silicone needs to be measured by weight, mm-hmm. right? And depending on viscosity, and I also have degassing on here and difference between oh yeah you built yourself you know. like a whole uh what was it the no it was, that was that was the compressor yeah the compression uh chamber uh, chamber yeah like you yeah he know like <laughs> i said i just want to reiterate he knows what he's talking about <laughs> uh uh thank you but uh, i digress <laughs> when you bake the oven baked clay keep in mind that there is also a tendency to crack in some areas mm. repairs can be made fill the cracks and bake shake and bake they also have a liquid clay that acts like a glue also. Caution not to overbake as cracking is a real issue. Just follow the baking instructions on the side of the box and you should be just fine. Yeah, and you'll also learn the hard way that a lot of glues don't adhere to uh, clay-based. Yeah. Stay, uh, away from, uh, stay away from acetone and clay because acetone will actually eat through it. Yeah. So um, typically like if you're going with like Sculpey, like Sculpey has like a line of products that you can use for you know as adhesives i i don't sculpt regularly like and the last thing i sculpted i did a because i'm a huge harry potter fan uh and uh i did a niffler for i wanted to put a niffler on our christmas tree and so i made a niffler and so that was like the last thing i actually sculpted was a niffler face and that was um very difficult, and you know uh, I used. I think I used alcohol. Yeah, rubbing alcohol. No, and, that's and a, like a. I want to say it was squirrel hair. A squirrel hair brush. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you gotta be careful. With <laughs> yeah, <it>. careful <laughs> with it. <laughs> Always be careful with it. Yeah. Uh, the good news is, if you plan to make one kind, of, one of a kind piece, you're ready for paint and roll it out to the show. Right with the uh, oven baked clay, mm-hmm. you know, because the oil based is a one shot deal. Okay. Moving on to molding. <laughs> Here's where it gets a little tricky. So, I've used silicone because of cost and the ease. You know, you can use hydrocal to also use as a mold, but hydrocal is a little trickier to mold with. Plus, it has air bubbles. Then that's where degassing or compressing comes in, and then it gets a little trickier with hydrocal. Um, those TV shows, like we're talking about the TV shows face-off, they, they leave a couple of details out of there that, mm-hmm. that are kind of <laughs> crucial. Yeah, I have, like, I've cleaned out my, uh, in my living room, because we, we have kind of a small house, and in the living room is where I, I have my art studio. It's my table where I draw, and then I just have, like, these these shelves with all my stuff and it's our stuff, but it's like, it's funny because I, I recently like went through like a whole clean out and I have so many bits and pieces that have just been like tossed in there from your test runs. We have, we have turtles, like just these, uh, plaster turtles. <laughs> so many, I can't, they're not the silicone ones. Maybe it's the hydrocal. They're white, the white ones that you did the hooks for. Yeah, that was that was already resin cast. Was it? I was, but te- they're the, they're I was th- testing to see if I can in, inlay wood inside. No, but like you have the cast, and then there's like the coffins. Oh, the coffins! Yeah, those were those were the resin cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um. But the molds, we still have the molds. Oh, I still have the molds. Yeah, nice. they might break. I know there were some chunks in there from. Yeah. Anyway, your molds have shelf lives. Yeah. Um. Let's getting into that here. Uh, don't mind me. Actually, I have it written down is why it, it sounds like I'm reading this. <laughs> They'd be prepared. Yeah, prepared at this time. Let's see what we got here. Uh, and the mold. <clears throat> so, the, uh, the molds is the benefit of having the master copy. Not to say you could not mold using NSP and then clean the mold out and copy off the copy of that mold with NSP because you'll already have to clean the mold out from the clay. Right? So, I mean, if you wanted to do it like that. But always remember that you're not going to have 100% detail um, from the original. So if you if you create a mold from a mold, you're going to have some loss of detail. Uh, silicone. Silicone has different curing types. With a different curing types comes with degassing or the removal of air bubbles. The air trapped inside creates... Two issues, strength of the mold and replication of the piece. There's silicone that requires no degassing that I've used because I hadn't created or purchased a vacuum chamber yet. Mold Max 14NV and 29NV are two parters that are to be mixed by weight. Measuring is essential in this process for proper cure. Very important. Measuring is essential. Grab yourself a little gram scale, and you'd be just fine. I have used Mold Max in use with Hydrocal as the replicant only, though. The Hydrocal, such as the Turtles, are made of Hydrocal. Mm-hmm. Very lightweight, excellent detail, and paintable. Perfect for little kids' crafts. If that's Those Turtles are not lightweight. They're so heavy. But that's also because they are large, 
solid masses of turtle with shell and all that. Yeah, I mean, you could you could probably do an internal, like just do a little filler inside, but that, that little baby, that little lawn ornament right there. And maybe they're not, they're just so heavy because there's like three or four of them yeah, that you did. Well, it's lighter than concrete. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is true. You're the mold with concrete. Yep. Which you did, please. I hope you get around to talking about that. Oh, right, that's 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 another thing why I got to talk about after after my little my little essay here. <laughs> the pendants I've made were used with this process. Keep in mind also what your intended end result will be. An example: I made pendants for PCE a couple years back and used resin. Could metal have made them more attractive? I don't know. I didn't really get feedback on that end. Mm. Good. Yeah, these were the, the Witcher pendants. Yeah, the Witcher pendants. Mm. Copyright. No. <laughs> Good news is that there is high heat tolerant silicone that you can use with low heat point metals like pewter to cast directly in the silicone. In foundry work, there is also many processes. But that, that's another podcast for <laughs> foundry practices. If you plan to use resin, measuring is also super important. Types of resins are also important. Cure time is super important. Let them cure fully. <laughs> Can I jump in with a bit of advice too? Um, so I recently did, I did um, a pit guard for Joe for his birthday back in January. And um, it... It's, I'm very proud of it. Anyway, I just wanted to do like a very I light. I love it. <laughs> I wanted to do just a very light, uh, clear, crystal crystal clear resin coat on top of it. So it's really durable because it's a pit guard and you don't want any art underneath it to be scratched. Anyway. It's held up my, pretty good too. I don't see any scratches. Though. Yeah. it's And I'm not proficient. This is the first time I've ever used like resin, su- resin successfully. Um, and there's some flaws in it. Don't get me wrong. But again, it's the first time I've ever done it and I'm stupid. I am easily just really dumb. I (laughs) mixed it and failed to wear a face covering or a ventilator. And, um, I'm also prone to migraines and it triggered the worst migraine I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I was down for like three days afterward it it really like was catastrophic. It was horrible. Yeah. It came out nice, but it was not worth the yeah. migraine and the migraine hangover that resulted. So wear proper vent, you know, be in a properly ventilated space and wear the proper face covering and mask because, yeah. Yeah, that's also really important when you're playing around with silicone and mold and everything like that. Um, it, you know, you got to have the ventilator, you got to have the good mask, can't have it in 95 or something like that. You got to have the respirator type, um, the fumes pretty gnarly off resins, depending the, on whichever type. That's kind of the sucky thing too, is like, even if like you, uh, this is, like I said, it's stuff I know. It's just stuff that I was like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal because I can be dumb. Um, so admittedly, it may not like when I did the resin, it wasn't that potent. You know, it wasn't that stinky. It wasn't that, like, it was, but it was just enough. And so, yeah, it doesn't, like, even if you're like, oh, this doesn't smell that bad. Like, some, <laughs> let us remind the public that some of the most toxic gases are indeed not no. smelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, resin, though, is another beast. You know, I had to make that pressure chamber to minimize the air bubble, to minimize the air bubbles to improve detail and strength. 
This is a pressure pot that you need to introduce compressed air into it to force the air molecules to shrink, shrink, and not under vacuum. The difference is as the vacuum chamber and pressure chamber are two different systems. The vacuum chamber is used to create an atmosphere that is below sea level pressure, forcing the air to escape to the top. Um, if you choose to purchase these, both of those are about in the 100 and over mark. You're probably getting cheaper. I'm not quite sure. Um, I actually made mine as we're talking about it. Plenty of videos on YouTube depicting on how others have built their systems. Also books, you know, on these subjects exist. As we are all readers. Just know that with vacuum systems, you need the system to be completely sealed. So if that depends on whether you're you going to... Seal. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to create it yourself, you're going to need a little bit of mechanical knowledge to, you know, back it up. Yeah. Uh, but you could do anything you want, so it's just going to take a little time yeah. to figure that out. I made mine from a painter's pressure pot that you would use for holding paint to use with a paint gun. Um, I went to a hardware store and bought the paint and put a little, little tap on it, changed the nozzles on the compressor to make sure that there was a relief valve and a pressure valve, you know, I uh, got to have those safety valves on those things, too. That's really important. Otherwise, you have a bomb in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should jump in here with uh, just a, a, a warning. We are not advocating you uh, humdrum building anything like this without proper research, proper knowledge, and with the understanding that it is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, there's the caution label. You know? <laughs> Some of the things I do are pretty dangerous. <laughs> When using silicone to use as a mold, you'll need to construct a molding box. I usually use acrylic sheeting, but cardboard can also be used. Just use clay to seal the box at the bottom seams. A little cover on top. Prevent dust. Never hurts. The Mold Max NV cures at room temperature. On the, the note of multiple part molds, you will need keys on the molds. And remember, you have seams. These seams can be hidden pretty well, but use this in consideration on designing your piece. Will you need multiple parts? Mind you, this is for replicants only. One of kind sculptures need not apply. In two part mold, you will pour and cure one side, then pour the other side and cure that baby. Unless you have a figurine, you can shape the keys around your piece and make like a cylindrical mold in one pour. But you'll still have the keys. I mean, there are always ways, you know, there's always ways to mold and new ways and everybody's, you know, figure out new ways every day. So you have your clay, you made your masterpiece, you find your silicone that you'd like to use and you create the mold and use the resin to cast this work of art. Now to paint, if need be, showcase your work. My little spiel there, a couple of things that I'm not sure I actually put in there about the molding versus casting and creating, you know. The detail for eye, you have to have an eye for detail on sculpting, you know, that can also take time. So if you're naturally artistic, probably no no time at all. Just get in there. Uh, did I talk about tool sets? Mm -mm. Okay, so tools, they have steel tools, wood tools. I forged my own tools. Silicone tools. You Silicone tools. Silicone tools are my personal favorite. Right. Um, I personally make my own tools. Um, I forged them. And created the woodwork and everything like that. So just to fit my hand personally. So it's a personal tool. 
you know, um, if you're also into looking for something like that, you do just fine. I use that. Toothpicks. Toothpicks are great for fine detail. You know, Jenna said the silicone, those are great for smoothing over. Also, another fun trick is if you're trying to do, like, skin texture. And this is, I mean, this is kind of, like, common knowledge, but I didn't know it until, like I said, I was doing my niffler. And uh, if you take, like, saran wrap and you cover your piece and then you do the detail work on there, that prevents any pickup, any, like, like harsh carvings that yeah. you know look unnatural this way it's like a very natural organic divot absolutely yeah um like as far as techniques go and everything like that and there's a slew of you know videos and other knowledge out there if you want to fact check any of these things you probably should you know but <laughs> well and i think that's kind of the fun of sculpting and and you know you can pretty much essentially make anything into a tool you know you can take a, a wide array of different paintbrushes and use them as a tool and you can use um you know household objects you can use whatever you can make your own yeah. it's so like freeing to be able to kind of well that opens up a whole nother gate because once you start small and you start creating other things and you start getting ideas about other things mm -hmm. you can create right such as i was a big five right so i'm at big five the other day and I'm in the weight section, in the exercise section, and I'm looking at the weights, and the weights are about $20 per dumbbell for 20 weights. So it's about a dollar a pound, right? Makes sense. Until you sit there and think about it. So it's $40 for two separate 20-pound weights. So I was like, okay, so that's just 40 pounds in the shape of a dumbbell that costs you 40 bucks. So... And this, <laughs> and this great idea. I said, you know what? I can create my own dumbbells, right, with concrete. So I have a 90-pound bag of concrete. <laughs> I'm going to mold, create my own little mold box, pour the concrete, make sure I have a center dowel of one inch, uh, one inch, and then I have the dumbbell clips on each side. So you're going to want steel for the handles, right? So another interesting point is you, if you look on, like, the thrift shops or anything like that, the the new one, the offer up, the powerlifting bars are like 90 bucks. And I'm like, what's going on here? Right? So you go to your local steel supply, you get a little rod, right? a little one inch steel rod. Sometimes they have cutoffs. That'll be a lot cheaper. You go in there, you get this, the cutoff, you mold your cylindrical or square, uh, you know, blocks essentially. You know, this is for at-home use only. I'm very aware that there are gyms and whatnot out there. You can go and pay $20 a month or whatever it is to go to the gym if you're a type of person that needs the thing on demand. So if you have to actually go to the gym, in my own personal opinion, it's kind of a little more difficult. Yeah, I'm definitely not that type of person who's like, I'm going to go to the gym. And I know there are people who are like that as part of their routine. Um, yeah, same. I'm just somebody who is like... I will, I will do whatever I need to do as long as it's easy for me to do it. Not like that the task is easy, just that it's easy for, like, it's accessible. Yeah, the accessibility yeah, is like there. Yeah, like, I just, I don't want to, like. Yeah, so these babies <laughs> might not look right, but we're talking $11 for 90 pounds. Okay, so now we're talking about 90 pounds for $11 instead of. 40 pounds for $40. An extreme amount of savings for this, well, I guess you call it like a DIY, 
you know, process. Well, and, I mean, with exercise equipment in and of itself, using weights, you can use, I mean, like, it's so customizable. It's like, you know, you, you always see it's like people just using water jugs or milk jugs, whatever. Yeah. And just kind of doing whatever they need to, to do. I mean, that's the secret anyways. It's like weight, weight is weight. And it yeah. doesn't matter what it looks like. And it's like even because I've really wanted to get into like weight training and, and all that. And like one of the biggest things is you, using your body. Like your body is the best weight system there is. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like if you can obviously lift your own body, you know, <laughs> I don't mean like magically levitate but like if you can do you know it's yeah. think of all the exercises that rely on just using your body not using any tools and the yeah. you know all of that so how did we go from sculpting to this go ahead and we got Keep through going it because the... this also was <laughs> activated through the sculpting because i'm sitting there thinking about my processes on the process of how i'm going to create these weights and i'm like okay so <laughs> i'm going to create these weights i'm gonna use the dowel i'm gonna use the handle and then they're gonna go on like this and i'm like you know what i wonder if people would want to actually hear about the sculpting process and our, our knowledge base behind sculpting because... Yeah, I think the one thing about, like, us, like, really kind of pushed us together um, was the fact that we are both very, like... And I know you ha you hated the word. Like when, like, when we first got to know each other, you hated the concept of DIY. Like, just using that terminology. Um, do you remember that? Like, you were just, like, so opposed to, to that phrase. Like, yeah. Do it yourself. Like, yeah. because, like, it's just... I, it still doesn't have much sense behind I think the whole meaning because it's become its own thing. Like, people are like, oh, look, I'm doing this DIY thing. Look at me go, buddy. It became more yeah. of, like, a trend right. is what, yeah. I mean, which, in, 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 in like, the larger sense, like, it's, it's an external thing. Like, you have to go out and be like, look what I can do, you know? Yeah. It's like, you can always do this, mm -hmm. you know? You just, you just got to do it, yeah. you know? Um, everybody can do it. You yeah, just, and I think, well, that's the thing. It's, it's finding, um, it's, it's how bad you want to do it, you know? And, and if you really want to do it or have it or, you know, figure it out, um, that, that saying from the Blades of Glory, if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah. Well, and I also know it's like I have a very like specific aesthetic. Like the things that I like are not, you know, I can't really go to Target and find a lot of the stuff that, that fits my uh, desired <laughs> aesthetic. So I really kind of relied on being able to uh, customize and, you know, like play around with stuff. And so I think that that's just kind of the the fun like i just i really enjoy that yeah plus they're all custom pieces you can create it however you want you take as much time as you need and you know um money isn't an object when you're creating it um lightly use that yeah. term lightly because uh, right now i'm trying to figure out i have i need to make a shipping station for all my shipping supplies for my prints and to find like just a a, a chest of drawers or even like I hate it, but using like the plastic drawers or something that would fit my supplies, I cannot find it. Right. So, of course, in my head, I'm like, okay, can we build this? And can we build this for a reasonable price? She's going to take a little time, a little time, <laughs> a little patience. Hit me up and let me know if I have some more information, if you like it, or if I missed something or if I left something out. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it's, like, the biggest thing, I think that, like, I know for me, like, 
when things become daunting and like even intimidating to where it's like I'm I'm too nervous to try something or or whatever it's because it seems so difficult or that oh it's only professionals who are doing it you know things like that but it's you know it just kind of falls under the concept of you know how do you think they got to where they are <laughs> you know they had to figure it out some way that's you know i i don't want to make this the the tom savini hour but you know, you look at, at his history of how he was able to i mean there's a reason why he is who he is in the effects world because he was so unafraid to either take something and modify it to work for what he needed to or just to completely create an entirely new system and it took trial and error and probably a lot of wounds <laughs> but um yeah it's just I don't know just give it a shot like there's you know even if you're like oh you know I want to get into sculpting and casting and all that just do it all right so you can find us on theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, please pray for me that I get to meet Tom Savini. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> The world of myth bits.